Hi, my name is Jamie, and I am a depressed optimist. After years of having a bad attitude, I decided that I wanted to at least try and change that. While I don't have it all figured out, this is an opportunity to come along with me as I make my way. On this podcast, I'll get a little personal, a little emotional, and a little analytical so that I can have hope, get shit done, and find happiness. Because today is as good as any other. Hi, everybody. Um, so welcome to the first episode of Today is Good. Um, and I know that I want to get into sort of the title piece of this episode and sort of actually start talking about the topic that I want to discuss, which is about how I did a spell for happiness and it worked. But I figured that I should spend at least a little bit of time at the beginning of this episode um, talking about what I mean when I say that I'm a depressed optimist, because I feel like that sounds very loaded and I want to um, explain where I'm coming from with that and sort of where I have gone to um, come to that conclusion about myself and about my life. So I have struggled with depression for like a really long time in my life. Um, and ever since I was like a kid, I've always had this like looming sense of sadness, of depression, um, at times, I, I don't know, it, it was just, um, it was just always something that I feel like has been a really big <laughs> force in, in my mental health. Um, and basically, what I mean when I say that I'm a depressed optimist is that I feel like a lot of people who have depression, or even a lot of people who don't have depression, find themselves being really hopeless and being pessimist and expecting the worst to come. Because I don't really think that being a pessimist or an optimist means that you are either happy or sad. I think that it comes from what you expect from the world. So what I have sort of thought of myself to be, especially recently when I was trying to sort of grapple with this way that I've always lived my life of being someone who is depressed but has this strange expectation of hopefulness for the future, um, I kind of came to the conclusion that I am this, like, depressed optimist where, like, yeah, I have depression and sometimes it's really hard and sometimes it makes me feel like I, like, I have, like, I'm just so sad and brought down, but I always have this weird, um, I don't know if one would call it logical, but... It is sort of like a logical optimism that it's like, well, if I feel this shitty <laughs> right now, um, chances are it'll get better, right? Like, I'm always expecting for the best to be ahead of me and to charge forward towards the light at the end of the tunnel. So I feel like that's sort of where I'm coming from when I say that I'm a depressed optimist. Um, and that's sort of still true. That's pretty much still true, I would say, in terms of the greater scheme of my life. But I will say that recently, and I mean really recently, has transitioned itself into sort of being true happiness in my life. Like a force of not just being hopeful that one day I can be happy, but like actually being happy. Like waking up in the morning and feeling like I am excited to live the life that I have, which 
is a it's strange to me because I've never felt that way before. Like I can't remember a time in my life um ever since I've begun to have like memories that I still hold with me. Um, I, I can't think of a time that I really felt that way, like, even when I was a kid. So, even though it's, like, really great, um, it's sort of strange and a little foreign. But um, that has sort of become a, a really interesting part of my life. And I think some of it has to do with this this spell thing that I've done, which I'm going to talk about. But I also, um, you know, I, I think it might have to do with me, with, with a lot of things, but... It does, it just feels strange, and um, so I'm going to talk about that a little bit. Um, so I did mention already that I've struggled for a really long time with depression. Uh, there have been times when it, it was much worse and times when it was a little bit more manageable, but overall I would say that it has been a really large uh, force in my life and in my mental health. Um, there have been friendships that it has lost for me. There have been relationships that were damaged because of it. Uh, it's just, and I was, I was trying to think of some positives, but I'm not really sure of what um, positive things have come of it. But yeah, like it's it's been one of the uh, one of the trials that I've gone through in my short 21 years on this earth. Um, so, along with that, I will be getting into this whole spell thing. Um, I've always been sort of interested in witchcraft in a very, um, in a very, like, involved and attracted way in the sense that, like, I've always felt this, like, innate connection to, um, Wicca and witchcraft and different elements of that practice, but uh, I put in my notes that I never really took it seriously, which I don't think is the case, but I think that I always um, thought of myself to be the kind of person who wasn't capable of actually committing to being a witch or practicing witchcraft. And I, I know that there are a lot of people who take their practice of witchcraft entirely seriously, who would probably be offended to hear me say that. Um, but I just think that it's sort of been a dance for me, uh, thinking about, you know, what elements of this are, uh, are gonna be good for me. What elements of this am I capable of? Like, I've always been surrounded by, um, like, my mom had some friends who were always very into, like, doing tarot and oracle cards, and my mom had a friend who was a Reiki healer for, like, a really long time before a lot of people even knew what Reiki was, um... And I didn't know what it was either, but, um, but yeah, so those kinds of things have always, like, surrounded me, and I've also always been an empath, um, so I've always sort of picked up on energies very, very easily. Uh, that is something that I still am learning to live with and, like, learning to, um, learning to, I guess, control, um, if that makes any sense, but I'm a very, very sensitive empath. Like, people who know me very well will tell you that I, um, sometimes have trouble going into spaces with lots and lots of people in them, and not because I don't like crowds, but sometimes because their energies will overwhelm me, specifically if it's an enclosed space, like Walmart or Target. <laughs> like, um, my mom knows that, uh, when, when I go, when we have to go to Walmart, um, we have to block off an hour after that so that I can recuperate from all of, like, the energies that I feel from being 
in a place with a, with, uh, like, walls, a ceiling, no outdoor light, and, like, lots of people's energies trapped inside of these, like, industrialized spaces. But, um... So yeah, I've always been, I've always been very sensitive to energies and stuff like that. And I think going through my yoga teacher training and, um, getting a lot of, um, Reiki done over the course of the past two years has heightened that even more. So I began, um, taking my, uh, taking the idea of doing a practice of witchcraft a lot more seriously and, recognizing the ways that it can affect my life in a really positive way. But I will say that I'm a little bit, um, that I was still a little bit, you know, afraid of, like, messing with the energies of the universe and manipulating it to my, um, whim, I guess. Because, um, at the start of not this past semester, but the semester before that, um, my mom and I were both sort of going on these journeys of, I was, obviously still in school. I'm still in school right now. I'm a senior in college, but I was going on sort of this journey of um, academic commitment. I've always been a very academic person. Like everybody who knows me will tell you I'm addicted to school. Um, And my mom was sort of thinking a lot more seriously about her career and about the the ways that that's going to come into play in her life and her being, um, finding more development and being more committed and stuff like that. So I did a spell for us with these spell candles and I'm not going to go into super serious detail about the spells that I've done and like the specifics of how to do them because I'm not really sure that that's exactly important and I don't want the takeaway of this to be that you should do the spells that I did because different things are going to work for different people and I don't want to be responsible for like telling people to do certain things. So I'm going to leave it at a little bit of a vague sense that I do spells with candles and oils and like circle casting and that kind of thing. But um, I did a spell for academic achievement and I, I guess one could say that it worked, but that's difficult to tell because um, I always get good grades, so, um, I guess one could say that it worked because I was in, like, a really difficult period of my life, um, and I maintained those good grades, um, I also am trying to get into the healthy habit of not feeling like I need to, um, (laughs) create the validation of myself for telling people my GPA, so I'm not gonna tell you what my grades were, but, um, they're very good, they're good enough that I'm tempted to brag, but I will not, um, (laughs) So I was, um, so I did this spell for academic achievement, um, or professional success. And I think that with my mom, it worked a little bit with me. I, again, can't really tell if it worked. And then that was the last spell that I did before I moved to Colorado for the summer. And when I was out there, I, I did the thing that everybody tells you not to do about teaching more than you practice yoga. And I, let myself, even though I was in a beautiful, beautiful place, I loved Colorado so much that if any of my Colorado friends are listening who I met over there, you're all amazing people and I love you so much, but yeah. (laughs) So I was in like a sort of a weird like transformative space and I had a, I guess one would say an unfavorable experience that made me really upset right before I came back home to the East Coast. Um, So when I came back, I was here for 
you know, a couple, uh, like a week or so before I decided to, I got these spell candles a really long time ago, like a while ago. And I decided that now would be a good time, and I wasn't sure why, to do a spell for happiness. And I've never done a spell for happiness before. I've never even thought about trying to manifest happiness or anything like that because some of the time I was like, well, I guess this is as good as it's going to get. But some of the time, like in terms of like my actual mood and my actual happiness, some of the time my like optimism would take over and I'm just like, oh, it'll, it'll just get better. Like you don't need to try with that or whatever. And I, I was always sort of in like a weird middle space with it, but I did, I did this spell for, um, for happiness with candles and, oils and it was really nice and I made sure I was in a calming environment. I meditated. It was it was a really good experience for me and it was at the end of August. But afterwards I sort of um forgot about it. I didn't really think about the fact that I had done this spell. But um but yeah, so I so I did this spell and I think that there is a really interesting link that some people are reluctant to talk about, but some people just don't even have an awareness of about this sort of connection between spells, prayer, the law of attraction, manifestation, um, and like the way that all those things go together with each other and the way that, uh, I don't want to go as far as to say that they're the same thing because I don't think that they are. I think that they serve different purposes, but I think that they really weave together in a way that makes them perform similar tasks. So let me explain. I do believe in the law of attraction and manifesting things. And I don't believe in it in the way that some people do because some people think that I guess it's this sort of, um, (laughs) this sort of magical, uh, profound, the secret type thing where it's the key to your whole life. Um, and that it's this genius, uh, revelation about the world that people need to wake up or whatever. And, like, I understand that, sort of, but I will also say, like, I haven't read the book. I haven't, like, I've just watched some videos on it, and it just sort of seems, like, more common sense to me than some giant revelation that if you think positive thoughts and that you think certain things into existence that they will come your way, that doesn't really seem like a huge anomaly to me. That just, like I said, it seems like common sense. Um... And then when it comes to prayer, you're sort of, um, depending upon your own belief system, whether you're praying to God or the universe or multiple gods or what have you, you're still, like, pushing your intentions out into whatever you, whatever to you is the highest source of, of, like, power in the world. So I think that all of those things, and this it's the same thing with a spell, is that you're doing a ritual, you're setting aside time and energy. I think that's the biggest part of all of it, is that you're setting aside time, energy, thoughts, and intentions, and you're putting those into the universe to come back to you. And I think that no matter what way you do it, that's an important practice to have. I think even if, um, 
even if you're an atheist, I think that that's, even if you believe that nothing in the world <laughs> exists or happens outside of the physical realm in which we currently reside, I still think that that's a hugely important practice to think about manifesting th those things that you want. Because, like, because <laughs> I don't think that speaking negatively to yourself or ignoring your desires is a good way to get the things you want in life. So that's sort of my stance on prayer and law of attraction and manifestation and spells. I think that, um, I, like, just personally speaking on, on my own practices, I do all of those things. And I think that they all are very important. And I would say that some of those are the reason why I am sort of coming into this newfound happiness is a combination of those things. But I will say that after I did this spell in August, I just sort of forgot about it. Not, not forgot about it. Like I knew I did it, but I wasn't, it was just something that sort of struck me by the moment. And I wasn't sitting around and waiting for it to work. I wasn't quantifying everything and journaling and being like, all right, universe, when are you going to make me happy? Like, that just wasn't how I was thinking about it. I would just kind of, I did it and I went back to my daily life. Um, and I don't know what it was. I cannot tell you. And I can't even really think about when exactly it started, it was sort of like a fade in, like it was low, low volume until it got to this big, bright volume, um, that it took a few months to work, but it, I was hit with like this sort of sense of happiness and peace in my life for like no concrete reason. Um, and it doesn't, it doesn't make a whole lot of logical sense outside of the practices that I've been implementing because even just a year ago, like my life was like, a, was a pretty big mess, um, by, by my own standards, I would say. And it was, it, it was a little bit, um, it was difficult. And those, some of those things, those issues that I've dealt with like a year ago, haven't, haven't left my life. Um, but last year when I was dealing with those things, I felt really hopeless and lost and depressed. And I was on heavy prescription medication because I felt like that's what I needed. And like not knocking anybody who is on prescription medication, obviously, like that's something that I sought out because I did need it. Um, unfortunately, that didn't really work out for me because of like medical related things. Um, with the medication, but um, I was on, like, really heavy prescription antidepressants, and I was just sad all the time. I was upset. I was unhappy with my life, and I'll say, like, I'm currently in a place where I am dealing with some of those same issues. It's just that uh, not even that I feel more equipped to deal with them because I'm still, like, in the same vote as a lot of other people my age where it's like, oh my god, all this shit is hitting me in the face in my life. What do I do about it? Like, calling my mom 24-7, calling my aunt 24-7 and be like, oh my god, help me. I don't know how to live. But even with that, I'm like realizing that it's okay. 
And I have, I do have this sense of like peace and happiness that has sort of taken me over and I don't know how to explain it. There is kind of no logic behind it, but I just sort of have it now. And I don't know, I, I felt much more uplifted and it's not just with my sense of hope because I feel like the feelings inside of me are sort of what I've always told myself I was hoping for when I was depressed but still being optimistic. Um, like that this is the that this is the sort of cusp of that feeling because it almost feels like this is just the beginning because you know, I'm still in a place where I'm not sure if I'm going to achieve all of the goals that I think I'm going to achieve this year that I've been working for for a long time. I'm not sure if I'm going to become the person that I always dreamed that I would be. But I'm having this journey of realizing that um, that there is no like person that I was meant to be because that is whoever I am. Um, and I think a couple of things that I, that I was really thinking about recently, my mom brought these up to me, actually. Um, I'm talking about my mom a lot in this episode. Um, I'm sure that that might be a running theme. She's pretty close to me. But, um, my mom was saying recently that she noticed that I've been happier and that I've been a lot more vibrant and exuberant and just peaceful, I guess. Um, and we were talking about the fact that last Christmas, um, because I'm, I'm the Hafa, like, <laughs> from Danny Phantom, people say the Hafa. Um, no, I'm half Jewish and half, half <laughs> Catholic. Um, so my mom's family does celebrate Christmas and stuff, and we were celebrating Christmas last year. And the holidays, every year, we've had it at my childhood home, which uh, we all no longer live in. But it was the first holiday season that my parents spent split up. And... It was a year that really took a lot of us by storm and like not talking too much into like my personal life, but I'll just say like my mom and my sister and I were all living with my aunt and we were really in close quarters. We had basically no money and we were like, oh my God, it's the holidays. <laughs> what the fuck are we going to do? And my mom mentioned recently that um that last year Christmas was a disaster and I said like I don't think it was a disaster it was like because it was one of the first years that we didn't really go all out with presents we like didn't get each other anything serious um and we weren't um we didn't do anything big or spectacular for the holidays we hung out we made breakfast and it was only just the four of us it was me my sister my aunt and my mom and I was like, no, I honestly think that that was, like, the best Christmas we've ever had. Like, I think that having that being, uh, having that, like, burden lifted of, of not, not feeling like we have to go all out with presents or, um, or go all out with doing anything really and that we were really just chilled out, that we had each other and that we were hanging out. Like, I think it was the best year. And she was like, Jesus, you're like, you're being so positive. Like, I, I didn't, I didn't even think about it that way. Like, I agree with you and thank you for bringing me that perspective. And 
another thing with that was, um, so I spend a lot of time with, um, somebody who I publicly refer to as my half-step grandma, because she is my mom's former stepmom. So she used to be married to my mom's late father, who they divorced while he was still living, but she is a really awesome, really cool member of our family, I guess, sort of, um, because technically we're not related by blood or anything, but she's just awesome, and she does glasswork. She's an artist, and she's been teaching me how to do glasswork. Like, that's how I've been doing all of that stuff, because I do work in glass. Like, obviously not as good as she does, but I can make a couple of pretty cool things. And my mom was saying about how she sort of wishes that I had been able to have a relationship with her from earlier on in my life because I haven't really had a lot of very stable grandparent relationships. Like, both of the grandparents on my dad's side died when I was quite young and they are both, um, they've both passed away and my mom's mom lives quite far and my mom's father passed away before I was born. So I never really had a super like close, close relationship with any grandparent, which um, I've noticed, especially like in circles of people that I know, like a lot of people are like really close with their grandparents. Um, And that's just never been an experience that I've had. But I actually reached out to Um, Her name is Jen, which is interesting because my mom's name is also Jen, but I reached out to her and sort of asked her if she could teach me how to do some of the art that she does, and we've sort of began, like, hanging out and spending a lot of time together, and she has just been such a positive force in my life, and I really love spending time with her, and I felt like it's so valuable in my life, and it's been something that I treasure a lot. And... My mom was saying about how she wishes that she would have made a bigger effort to, like, include her in my life and to have me have that relationship growing up. And I was saying, like, no, I actually think that being somebody who didn't have that connection when I was younger, I value it so much more because I've put the effort in and I have made those choices to create that kind of a relationship in my life that... I think has served me really well. And yeah, so I think I've just, (laughs) that's a, that was a really long way to say that I feel like I have begun looking at my life in a very much more beautiful way and a much more positive way. And I think I'm really just seeing the value of so many of the things that I have in my life and that I hold dear. And yeah, so I think (laughs) I want to circle the the conversation, this conversation that I'm having with myself um, back around. I want to circle it back around to um, positive self-talk because I think that that's a really big part of being happy is positive self-talk, which is something that I've begun to practice a lot is you know, speaking to myself the way that you would speak to a friend, which I know is a huge cliche now because people say that all the time, but I've got to say it is true. Um, and I've found that to be true is not just focusing on the negative. And, you know, I have to say there are a lot of people in this world who 
are going to tell me that um, learning how to be positive and being happy mean that I was never really depressed and that I am just neurotypical and I'm one of those people who tells you that doing yoga and getting out in the sunshine is going to cure your depression. And I absolutely do not think that because for the longest time, like I said, I was someone who didn't focus on the negative, but I was still depressed. Um, but I do think that relearning the way that you talk to yourself, even if it's not totally real at first, even if the things that you think, it's difficult. Because it's, I think it's sort of the same way that people unlearn, um, other sort of ways that, that they talk about themselves and the people around them. Because I, I think a really good example is, um, the whole being a good person and, the way that you uh, judge other people based on their appearances or something, because there are a lot of people who talk about the fact that they want to rewire the way that they think about, oh, I see this girl on the street and I think she's ugly and my first thought is, ew, her hair is gross and I don't know. I, I'm, I don't judge people that way anymore, but, but you know what I mean? Like, oh, her outfit is yucky. But then your second thought can be, oh, no, actually, she is doing her thing and she's got the confidence to to rock that weird sweater I don't like or something like that and that means that she's really cool and I appreciate her for that or something like that, you know? And I think it's rewiring your brain to have that good second thought. It's the same thing that you can do for finding a positive outlook on life and trying to find happiness. Because I for the longest time, would think that way to myself, like, oh, my life sucks, oh, I have to do this today. Oh, wait, actually, Jamie, don't talk to yourself like that. You today get to go do this other really cool thing and you get to see your friends. Like, even if you don't want, even if you don't want to go to class, that me being in, on campus means that you can, like, go and hang out with your friend Q. Like, that's a really fun time, you know? So, I think that having that positive self-talk has been something that's made me really learn happiness. And I will say, I'm not sure if that positive self-talk, it's chicken or the egg, whether the happiness has come from that or that has become easier based on my manifesting this happiness and this spell that I've done. Um, and the other thing that I'll say to sort of wrap up about this is even with this really good positive self-talk and this love for life and this happiness that's come upon me, I have to say that I don't know if I can expect it to last. And that's just me being totally honest. I would really love to be one of those people who is like, all right, I'm happy now, so that's gonna be my life from here until I die. Because the truth of the matter is, I have only really begun to experience this profound peace and happiness in my life within the past, like, two months, maybe. So, who knows? Like, maybe next week I will hate life again. Um, I don't know. And I think that that's sort of part of this whole learning experience of growing older and talking to yourself in a positive way that... I 
can't expect after a lifetime of being depressed that this newfound happiness is going to be the way that I am for the rest of my life. But I think what I've learned from all of my years of being that depressed optimist is not to expect or fear constantly that I will go back to being sad, but to remember to enjoy this happiness as much as I can and live in it and revel in it as much as I can while I have it. And if that means that I go back to being depressed tomorrow and I've had all of these moments of ex- of great experiences, then I will have those amazing memories and I will have something to look forward to again for one day when I feel this way in the future. And <laughs> if I continue to be this happy for the rest of my life, then that just means that I am enjoying everything to the absolute fullest every single day and that is exactly what I want no matter what. So I think that um (laughs) I think my my major thing is you know put what you want out into the universe uh and don't have crazy high expectations but don't have super low expectations you know expect what you manifest, like think about what you want. And when you're happy, enjoy that happiness and just know that it is a blessing. And remember that, you know, everything else is a blessing too that that makes you feel so happy. So I don't know, that was probably really cheesy at the end, but I don't care because I'm happy. (laughs) All right, I will see you guys next time.